This is a Blended Radio audio experience. Welcome to Coach's Corner with the coaches at Blended Athletics. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner podcast. We got ourselves a little round table edition here today. Rectangle tangle. Rectangle tangle. <laughs> it's a rectangle right, tango. Are, are we tangoing? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I, was, I want to be clear on the rules before we get started. <laughs> there are no rules in the Coach's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're all in corners because this room is so freaking small. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna make it work. We're, we're we're making it work for you at home. So I'm Cody here with Morgan, Jason, and Daryl. So we're gonna be talking today about essentially pivoting your fitness, especially now that the gym is in temporary closure. What you can do to stay fit, stay active at home, or kind of getting creative around that that whole topic. So to kick us off, we can kind of talk quickly about activity and exercise versus training for specific goals and how those two things kind of uh, interrelate. Daryl, thoughts? Activity versus, what you say? Versus training. Versus training. I would say I would personally use training as a way to, uh, to get better at a specific thing. So, like, for me, I'm a martial artist. That's the main thing that I, that I do train. So my training... Therefore, that I well, what I do in the gym is geared around making me a better a better martial artist, which will include you know like plyometrics, isometrics, um, you know, a lots of stretching, mobility, explosive work, just general strength stuff, as a t- as opposed to like the general um, activity level, which I think most people need to incorporate into their life, even if they're not training for something specific. I would say that just needs to include daily movement and gearing whatever you do uh, around whatever you're doing most often, if that makes sense. So if I'm, not, if I'm not going to the gym and let's say that I just want to be strong enough to be able to lift my kid without throwing my back out, I need to be doing something to make sure that my back and my, gym, my joints are healthy enough so that when I do pick them up, I'm not going to hurt myself. Yeah, and like I kind of echo Daryl's sentiments there, but uh, like training is definitely more specific. Like you're looking at something that you are trying to be better at, so like running a 5K or a 10K, trying to lift three, 400 pounds, like whatever the case might be. Like your goal is going to be much more specific with training than with activity. So like at a time like this, you should probably be looking at how do I increase my activity, not how do I improve my training. Because chances are you don't have a full-scale home gym where you can do all of your training movements if that's what you're training for. I mean, if you're training to run, you can keep training to run because you can still go outside. But, for now. yeah, it's yeah. like just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with the weather in Nova Scotia. <laughs> um, yeah, I was basically going to use the same analogy as running. Um, training is more goal-based as in if you're training for a marathon that's your end goal so focusing on that as opposed to activity where during these times you just just to get outside go for a run just to keep moving um so that when you do get back to being able to train for those goals that you're getting to you can still you're not starting from the beginning all over again yeah 100% agree I think you all nailed it um, just you know, at a time like this, continue to be active so that your your re-entry to the training, if you do have a specific goal, can be as quick as possible. Uh, for a lot of people too, like if like you might not have a very specific goal, so like you don't have to be training or doing anything super specific. You could just essentially be doing activity for the sake of activity to make sure you're maintaining your health and wellness over the long term, uh, and that's a fantastic goal, like a general kind of thing. Like you don't have to be trying to PR your uh, 5K time or a specific lift or something. That's just Often we do see that with our members, but it's not—it's uh, definitely not a necessity. So, kind of on that note as well, 
talk with that activity or exercise versus training, it's also a, brings up the conversation of health versus performance. Uh, and what's needed for health and what's needed for performance are two can be two very different things. Mm. Any thoughts on that, Morgan? Come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> she said she was going to do this. <laughs> I was waiting for Daryl to go first. <laughs> I'm not ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> the thoughts are still percolating. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick it off then. Um, so with, with health versus performance, I feel pretty strongly about that. Uh, if we start to per- pursue performance um, really hard or if we have a lofty performance goals, that can start to, to take away or be detrimental to your health, either in the short term or the long term. Um, so when we're talking about training and training for hyper-specific performance goals, especially in like functional fitness competition or maybe strength sports like I compete in, if we really, really are pushing our performance you have to be okay with potentially taking away from some of your short-term or maybe even long-term health uh, during that training time. So at a time like this when, when gyms are in lockdown, like it, it might be very, very difficult for you to continue actually training really hard um, with limited equipment. So this is a great time to focus maybe more on your general health so that if you are healthier when you're able to train again, you likely will be able to sustain that hard training longer. The kind of other thing that I question a lot of people on at the gym is like, you know, if you're setting a very specific performance goal, like what is that actually going to do for you and your life in the long term? Like, do you need to deadlift five or 600 pounds in order to live a happier and more fulfilled life? Um, most people are gonna answer that honestly, no. Um, so like, why is that goal so important to you? Like performance is incredibly important to me and I, like, I, I identify myself as a competitor. So I'm willing to trade off some of my short-term and long-term health to reach my performance goals. And that's a trade-off that I've accepted. Um, it kind of it's it's a different conversation if you haven't really accepted that, and you're chasing these performance goals, and you're not really um, aware of the impact it could have on you long term. What do you guys think about that? Uh, for me, I have kind of a, a mix, a mixed approach for for health and performance, uh, because I do have a kid now, which again has been the single biggest factor in adjusting how I just live my life in general. I my my goal went from trying to be the strongest calisthenics person that I could possibly be to being how can I grow grow with my son so that when I'm an old man and he's you know young man middle aged man whatever how can I be still as functional and mobile uh, then as I am now and so for that I went from extreme training to more of a moderate approach which the the entire ten is intent is just to preserve my health in long or I guess you know in conjunction with um with his growth so that being said I had to really modify everything that I do and just try and stay within almost within a comfort zone I would say to try and just preserve the longevity of my joints and my heart and um yeah just take it easy on my body so that I can avoid injuries and different things like that so for me my health is pretty much synonymous with my performance because I need them to grow in tandem with each other yeah um growth kind of comes from being outside your comfort zone. So for me, when I'm like looking at performance or health, I I think the same as Cody. Like if I'm going to chase a performance goal, I have to accept that I'm probably going to have a trade-off for my health. And like there's, there there are ceilings for that and everybody's ceiling is going to be a little bit different. So like you could take yourself pretty far and still be very healthy living 
uh, like a deadlift of like four or five hundred pounds, like you're probably not sacrificing much health wise. In fact, you're probably improving your health in a number of ways. Again, depending on the person, but like looking at like what's that long term like what's going to be more important to me versus like what's important to me right now, right? And like balancing those two things is definitely a challenge uh, and trying to figure out like where are we what can we do and then right now you don't really have a choice like really when you can't get into the gym to train for those goals you basically have to focus on your health like what's the best thing i can do for my health today and maybe that's like doing micro dosing maybe that's just going for a walk with your kids like just go out and play like it doesn't really matter what the modality is right now so just get out and move he's also referencing micro dosing exercise (laughs) 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 not magic mushrooms <laughs> different topic, different day. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, episode, the next episode. <laughs> Morgan? Um, yeah, no, I have a thought. <laughs> I've, I've had time. <laughs> She's processed now. She's ready to participate. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, myself personally, um, I used to really focus on performance over health um, to the point that I just wanted to be able to be great at everything and I was training for full marathons while I was doing CrossFit seven days a week to the point that my body was breaking down and I wasn't my legs were getting injured I couldn't run I put my back out couldn't even um, like pick up an empty bar for a deadlift Um, and then over the years after once all that started happening realizing that my health in the long run is way more important at being able, I'm never going to be able to do a handstand push-up. I can't even get into a handstand. Um, All of those things. So realizing that for me, health is the number one importance um, to be able to move just to stay physically active as opposed to performance and not trying to be the best or the strongest at anything because at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not going to the Olympics. Um, <laughs> I'm just doing this because it's an outlet to, like, for a stress relief, and it, I enjoy doing it, so I want to be able to do it long-term. Yeah. That's a great reflection. I think, like, a lot of athletes kind of come to it at the end of their you know, athletic career. It becomes much more about, I'm going to continue to be active um, for the sake of the, you love the activity. It's, it is beneficial for you at an appropriate dose. Um, I think I see a lot with our members, especially with, like, the ground zero, more performance-based uh, people. I'm sure you see a lot in the loft, too. Um, but it's it's very easy to get caught up in the numbers because that's something to pursue. But if you if you never really step back and say like, well, why do I really care about beating my whatever benchmark time, or why do I care about getting another ten pounds in this movement? Um, if you never step back and analyze it, then you're, you're in a sense you're doing yourself a disservice because you could be putting a lot of effort and that it's actually pushing you away from your ultimate goal. Like if your ultimate goal is is something similar to Daryl to be healthy and mobile and strong for your kids or your grandkids, like, do you need to be able to do 40 unbroken handstand push-ups, for example? No, you don't, you don't need to be able to do that. It'd be cool if you're, you have the capacity to do a handstand or a handstand hold, but that might be enough to keep you kind of moving, keep you strong. Like, you, you don't necessarily need to go across that threshold to the extreme performance. You know, do you need to squat 500 pounds to get the dose you need to be healthy and strong? No. 200 might be enough or 300 might be enough, right? And the extra stress you put on your body to go to that extra level could just be taking away from your long-term health um, when it's just not necessary. So I think for a lot of people, taking a step back and, and really analyzing why they're training and why they come to the gym would be this another great use of this time. 
Definitely. Yeah. I got, I got to yeah. add one more point to it, actually, before we move on, if we're moving on. Um, a lot of people come to me and they say, well, I just don't feel, feel fit enough. You know, they'll take a class after a little hiatus and say that they're out of shape. I personally don't think that anybody can ever be out of shape. And I know that sounds weird, but I feel like the body is always perfectly adapted to the scenario or the situation that you put it in the most. So, like, if I'm if I'm an office worker and I spend 16, 17 hours a day in a chair and then I'm sleeping for, you know, six to eight hours after that, my body is going to adapt so that I can more easily sit in that chair for longer periods of time without discomfort. And so then if I try and go to a gym for the first time in seven years and, and do a dumbbell snatch or a, a kipping pull-up or something like that, I'm probably going to hurt myself because my body hasn't, it hasn't been in that position, that situation before. So yeah, you would feel out of shape for that one particular instance, but you're quite in shape for sitting and riding that desk yeah, for, for multiple hours a day. So I think that when people are looking at health and and how that relates to their fitness goals, they need to really keep in mind what they're doing with their body on a consistent general basis and whether or not that's going to help them. Like if you're sitting at a desk for 12 hours a day and then you're working out thinking that that's going to counteract what you're doing, it's, it's just not. not. Yeah, you're yeah. going to break your body it's down and then enough. go mold yourself back into your seat, <laughs> which is probably going to have a worse effect on your body than if you just didn't move in the first place. So I would say in that regard, most people should be focusing on you know, maybe you can't get out and do microdosing exercises or you can't get out for a walk, but you can sit in your chair and move your joints around through their full range of motion or stand up and bend and touch your toes a couple of times or just, you know, do a couple of high knees in place. Just something like something to to keep your body from going into full rigor mortis mode, mode before you even die. Yeah, I think that's a great point that essentially like fitness or your fitness level is relative to the task that you're asking your body to do. So if you're an elite athlete, your fitness level is going to be compared to elite ath- other elite athletes. Um, if you're you know, an accountant who sits in a desk for 40 hours a week, then maybe you shouldn't compare your fitness level to CrossFit Games athletes. You know, yeah. Maybe that's an unreasonable comparison. <laughs> <laughs> but how many people do that, though? You know, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, so many people. like Most people yeah. do that. And yeah. I think there's an element of like just needing to be compassionate with yourself. Right. Like This is where you're at. And you're there for a reason. Like you said, like your body's adapted to what you've exposed mm-hmm. it to. And that's true of all of us. Like Whatever you expose your body to, it will adapt to over time. But you can't just throw a hundred snatches at somebody and be like, alright, adapt to this. No, they're likely to break themselves. Yeah, it's but it's a great point. Like the body is very resilient. Mm. The body is not fragile. So I think people come at it as like this concern about getting hurt doing like new movements or things like that. It's not that the body's fragile, it's that you you are just you're not adapted to that task yet. But if you if you take that task and you apply an appropriate dose of it, you know, if you're learning the snatch, the best way isn't to throw a bunch of weight on the bar and do 100 snatches for time. Maybe we should start with a very light weight, like PVC or a training bar, and slowly learn the technique first, and then we can look at adding weight later. I think intuitively, everybody kind of knows that that's the best approach, mm-hmm. but we all want results now. Uh, yeah. Nobody uh, wants to take the wanna, time. Yeah, I want to yeah. be fit now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be fit yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> How do I make the games next year? <laughs> Any other final thoughts on that uh, topic before we, we jump on? Um, so that brings us in nicely that if, you know, fitness is relative to the task or whatever, if, if the goal, let's assume that, you know, most of the people who are listening to this are, are looking to use exercise as a way to improve their overall life uh, and be healthier in the long run. Um, what are some ways we can stay active, stay fit, stay healthy without relying on uh, being able to come to the gym? Like, any ideas for that? Like, how can we get creative? Tons. 
for me, my main, during the first lockdown that we had, my main, I guess, uh, way, way of exercising was walking. And it's something that's so simple that a lot of people take for granted. They're like, oh, you're just, you're just outside walking. It's so boring. You're not really doing a whole lot. But I found if you, if you know how to engage your body in certain ways, walking can be an incredibly beneficial thing beyond what it's already, you know, what it's already doing for yourself. Uh, just take as an example, you know, going up a hill, you know, you can speed up a little bit and you can actively tense your glute for every step that you take. You can press harder than the balls of your feet. You're working your calves. Um, you can try walking a little bit faster, work on some nasal breathing or just deep breathing while you go up really, really big hills. You can try breaking into a jog for a little bit and then see how fast you can get your heart rate back down. You can power your arms up. I see these women that are often doing these crazy power walking movements as they as they walk through the streets. And and from the, the average layman that would look at them, you would think that that's really quite silly. But but being in the fitness industry and knowing how the body works and just observing that in different people, I could see like, okay, when she swings her arms this way, yes, it looks really weird, but I can tell that she's working on that rotational power. Like she's swinging her arms, she's engaging her core. I don't see a lot of movement here. She's really, really squeezing through her legs. There's so many different things that are going on in a really subtle level. And that's just walking. You know, that's just one easy, easy example of something really quick uh, that you can do. I think like just about everything we do in the gym is silly. We've just all kind of collectively agreed. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> magic course. We're, we're, right. we're just decided that this isn't going to be silly anymore. The whole like the kind of premise of gyms in a in a sense is silly. Like we're essentially all like paying to to do manual labor yeah. because we don't work in we don't work on farms. We don't work out in in nature anymore. So we need to find other ways to stay active throughout mm-hmm. the day. You know, if you're working, if your forty hours a week of work are like walking through walking through the woods and cutting down trees and being super active like you probably don't need as much gym stimulus as that person who works in in an office for 40 hours a week right so it's it's like this whole premise is a little bit silly so when people are are worried about kind of making a fool themselves by trying a new exercise or trying a new thing it's just well you know you got to get over that a little bit Mm -hmm. well even just like during this lock last lockdown because it was in the summer um a lot of people started doing gardens um and building a garden itself is a lot of physical labor and like just i did this small like probably four by four garden space and just digging up that ground like the next day my whole body just killed me so just doing yard work um in the winter just shoveling your driveway and properly knowing properly 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 knowing how to shovel in your driveway (laughs) without hurting your back like all these things are just great ways to be physically active um, while maintaining your yard <laughs> and your well, house space. Shoveling your driveway is a great example of, of like people often don't think about that in terms of like you know if you're if you're picking up a barbell and you're lifting a heavy lift you're like you're bracing your core you're getting set you're trying to like all you're doing is you're moving an external load. It's the same thing when you're shoveling your driveway you're moving an external load. You're just not in a gym you don't have your belt on you don't have your wrist wraps you don't have all your nice t-shirts and gear on right like like <laughs> but it's the same thing essentially. Yeah. So like if you're if you're out gardening if you're shoveling all, like those same principles apply and you can use that like anybody who lives around here you get a good snowstorm like that's a great workout. <laughs> I look forward yeah, to shoveling my driveway when it snows. I'll like, call you I, up for next snowstorm. What's ironic about that is the fact that like I'll see I'll see people in my area that that will say to me sometimes oh I, I really feel like I need to be working out and then as soon as it snows they'll go grab the snowblower to do like a five by yeah. five driveway <laughs> section. <laughs> When they have two or three shovels right there, not even realizing yeah. that the like nature gave you a free workout right there, but you're gonna go spend your gas, your gas money. Or to, like the people to make go to easy. like 
good life or the commercial gyms that like drive home from work, get changed, drive to the gym to walk on the treadmill for half an hour. Yeah. Like, bruh, it's free. It's <laughs> you can do that outside, yeah. you know. Like. <laughs> or drive to the gym in a snowstorm when they could have yeah. just helped, you know, five of their neighbors do their yard. Yeah. People with wood stoves, like piling wood, like chopping wood and piling wood, like yeah. that's another great, yeah. great workout. I think, like, Daryl brought up a, a good point there. Like, the intent of what you're doing is almost as important as whatever the task that you're doing is. So, like, when he was talking about walking, like, when you're walking, thinking about contracting your glute or what is my foot doing? How do my knees feel? How do my hips feel? Bringing awareness to your body as you do activities is actually something you should be doing when you're in the gym anyway. But most of us are not. Right. Um, and then like, like Cody was saying, like getting over feeling like awkward or silly about different movements. And like that, this was a hard lesson for me to learn, <laughs> but I, I do rope flow and I will do it at the gym. And I know people will look at that and go, what the hell is that? It looks ridiculous. Right. And I've actually had people say, the hell are you doing? This looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I just laugh at them. Cause like, I understand the intent of what it is that I'm doing yeah. and they don't ask the right question. Right? Like, why are you doing that is the question that you should be asking. It's like, so like when I do rope flow, I'm thinking about like, what are my feet doing and feeling how my feet interact with the ground and then how moving my body in different ways will make the rope flow in different directions. And so like, that's an activity I did a lot during the last quarantine. Yeah. Cause it's just like, I can go outside and just roll the rope around my body. Yeah. That's the well, rope flow is like a fantastic example of like, if, if the reason you're coming to the gym is to be healthy and be fit and your goal is to be able to play with your kids in the long, in the long run, like what do you most need to be able to do that? You need to have good coordination. You need to kind of have some kinesthetic awareness. You need a, like a certain base level of strength, of course. So having a few days a week where you are doing some kind of external load training, whether that's like barbell based or dumbbell or whatever you want to do, that could be completely body weight training as well. Um, but a lot of the benefits from going to the gym or like long-term are, is that coordination and like the bodily awareness thing, which the rope flow is a fantastic way to train that. But how, how few people would be willing to like stand in the middle of the gym and look, you know, like not be able to do it for, for long enough till they actually learn it. Yeah. Whereas like you can go and it's, it's much easier to go and just sort of like sit on a machine. Cause you, even if you're not doing it perfectly, you're still like, you don't look like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But Actually, I got I got to add something to what Jason just said too. Well, two points actually. When he mentioned, um, you know, having to have that awareness about your body, like in that in that regard, I would say that anything that you do really can be a form of exercise. I mean, just take cleaning as an example. Like, open up your oven when you get home and look at the grease splatter all over the sides. Get down on your hands and knees and scrub your or scrub your oven. You will break out in a full body sweat. Come scrub um, my oven, right? Or, or even, <laughs> Or even go go sweep your floor and, and then try and apply the same level of, of mindfulness awareness to your body that you would if you were actually picking up a barbell. And it's, it's interesting because I've known a lot of people that have gotten hurt cleaning their house. Actually, about yeah. five or six people that I've known in this facility alone that have been injured cleaning their house. And, and my whole thought is, well, what were you what were you doing or thinking about when you were cleaning? And I can almost guarantee that they, they check out, go on autopilot, let their body do whatever they're going to do, rake, whatever. And then they end up, you know, oh, uh, something feels weird in my back after 30 minutes here. Well, maybe because you spent the last little bit with a rounded back posture. Like cleaning your yeah. top, like hunching over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like squat like you down. Should, like, you should always be aware right? of your body. And, and then when you, you'll notice that when you start 
start to, to move mindfully throughout your day, regardless of what you're doing, that you're you're constantly exercising. It's not it's not a process where you have to put on an outfit and go to a gym and then suddenly turn your mind on. It's no, this is how you live your life, and so you can get the benefits of exercise from doing anything as long as you have yeah. that same intention, like Jason said, or even that same awareness. The intention's huge. The almost almost across the board always when we see people get injured in class, it's when they're coming in and trying to check out and turn the brain off in the middle of, and it's like, that's not the, if you need to co- like check your brain out, like go for a long walk or do like sit on the bike or do something like very low skill uh, requirements. So you pads. can just work hard. But if you're trying to do something where you're moving a bar, you're moving a dumbbells, something that you need to be aware of, like that's when you're really risking getting hurt is when you're, you're checked out and not paying attention to what's going on in your body. Especially for what we for what we do in here. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last kind of touches on that point? Cool. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. That's it then. That's oh. it. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much quicker than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> more. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we could go on and on and on, yeah. but like we just probably wind up reiterating the same points. And, yeah, like, and. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Good. Like, nice to end on a good, awkward... Uh, now go clean your house. <laughs> go clean your house. <laughs> Pay attention. Or go clean Cody's house. He did ask us yeah. a couple of times, like, if we want to do chores, we can always go visit yeah. Cody. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Splendid Audio Experience. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave it a five-star review, share it with your friends, and subscribe.